0: Everyone's an individual, and everyone's in a different place. And so one of the questions I ask everybody is, what's your biggest money challenge, right? And look, we can get into deep on stocks, but it's mindset and process. Two really important things go together.
1: Are you looking for true personal freedom? the freedom to design a life you truly desire, then you're absolutely in the right place. True personal freedom comes from when you take 100% responsibility and control of your money and your mind. Here, you're going to learn ideas, tips, and wisdom that's gonna help you bridge the gap from where you are now to your dream life in the future. My name is Randy Wilson, and welcome to the Rich Mind Podcast. everyone. Welcome back to the Rich Mind Podcast. Today, coming back to you with another fantastic episode uh, in this wealth creation series is kind of what I've coined it with a good friend, Joel Solomon, uh, ex-hedge fund manager. He's showing us this last episode. Hopefully you caught that. And if you didn't, I definitely recommend you go out, go back and check it out. He gave us his proprietary five-step stock screen. That and he went through an example, gave us the numbers, gave us what he thinks, why he thinks. Uh, it was just a fantastic, full of value. Uh, you're going to get a ton out of it. So, if you didn't hear the last episode, make sure you go back to check that one out as well. But today, coming back to you with another, I don't know what we're going to talk about. This is the best part for me, is I'm learning right along with you is that you know, we hit record. Make sure Joel's ready to go. He gives me the nod that, yep, he's ready. Hit record, boom, and I'm going to be learning right along with you. So it's a lot of fun. So come along with us uh, as we dive in. As I mentioned, got Joel Solomon here with us, and I can't wait to hear what we're going to get into today. So Joel, welcome back to the show.
0: Thank you so much, Randy. Again, a pleasure and an honor to be here. And I didn't mention this last time, but you guys have any questions Going through the five step, my five step proprietary stock screen. Reach out to me. I give everyone thirty minutes free if you want to dive deeper, and we're going to dive deeper today. Uh, but if you have if any questions, if anything doesn't, this is really simple. But I know some, you know, sometimes it can be a little overwhelming. You're just listening to it first time. Reach out. You know, it's uh, you can find me at salamor.com, s-a-l-a-u-r-m-o-r.com and just schedule your 30-minute free, you know, click on the link right on the homepage. So last time we talked about the five-step stock screen and we gave Amazon as an example. And we found that Amazon passed the first four steps, but not the fifth step. And we talked a little bit about, you know, the emotions of, you know, you're using Amazon all the time. Well, I really want it to pass because I wanted it to pass. (laughs) And it was back in 2018. And, but it failed the fifth step. So what's interesting is just to look at how Amazon stocked it over the next year. And over the next year, it massively underperformed, it was down 26% from July 26th of 2018. So just an indication of, and the market was down 17. So the market was down, but it was down worse. So just an indication that I, the stock screen worked that quarter very well. It it allowed us to avoid a 26% decline over the next year. And if you were emotional and you said, oh, it passed four steps, let's ignore the fifth step, you would have lost a quarter of your money.
1: so (laughs) And that's the entire point. We do not want to do that. We're looking for 100% upside, like you said, or whatever number that that you're looking for, right? But yeah, you've you've shared a few times about having 100% upside. So yeah, definitely 20 26% loss is not a good thing to start with.
0: Right. So let's dive deeper. And what I teach my one-on-one coaching clients is, yes, the five-step screen is great. Uh, The five-step stock screen is great. And it works alone but I want to increase your probability of success even higher even more and the way we do that is we use price targets and this may be antithesis of what you may have heard just generally oh if I'm going to buy a stock I'm holding it for life you know and, and some people like Warren Buffett have espoused this view of you know I'm going to, I'm going to do the research. I'm going to find a company that's quote unquote undervalued. I'm just going to hold it. Well, I am the antithesis of that. And I believe that you should have a price target when you buy something and know when to sell, because like we talked about last time, you know, Peter Lynch talked about the 10 bagger. I mean, it's possible you can make 10 times your money and maybe if you held something for 20 years, but. I believe that you should have a price target, set it and then reevaluate. So you buy Amazon at 1800 in 2018, it goes to 3600, you know, 5 years later. Now you've doubled your money, but what's it worth? Like maybe your price target was 3600 back in 2018, maybe it's only worth 4000 now and it's only got 10% upside. Is that worth holding? What's let's try to find another stock that has 100% upside. So having price targets provides more logic and less emotion in the process. And what I would recommend doing, and we're going to go through how you calculate price target next. But what I recommend doing is putting an alert when you buy the stock, and and putting an alert and putting maybe you can do memos. At least in Schwab and TD Ameritrade, you can do memos. So I would do a memo like it hit the price target, sell it silly, you know, like, just do it, you know, just do it or sell it silly, because you made your money like stop being don't, you know, a lot of there's the emotions we've talked about in the past and greed and fear. So don't be greedy. And don't be fearful. If you have some people use stop losses, some of my clients use stop losses and say, Okay, I don't want to lose more than 10%. You know, we're not going to be right 100% of the time we're looking for stocks that stocks that have 100% upside and 25% downside or less but we're going to be right you know 70 80% of the time so there are going to be stocks that were wrong and you want to cut your losses and let your winners run so if if the other way too like you can have an alert you bought amazon at 1800 You know, it goes down to 1600, down 10%. You're like, okay, I'm out. I lost my 10%. I'm out of here. And finding, let's find another stock. Or you could say, wow, it's cheaper and I'm going to buy more. But have a plan in place before you actually invest. Don't put a plan in place in the middle when you've already bought it and you may be emotionally attached or detached. Oh, I've lost 20%. I'm out of here. You know, then... Or, you know, I've made 80%. I'm holding this for life, <laughs> right? And clients have done that too. I had a client recently last last year, found a great company that passed the five-step stock screen. He found it at seven and a half, started buying it at 10. It went to 19. He made 90% and his target was 22. So he's got 15% more to go. And he's like, I'm holding. And then it went all the way back to 10.
1: Oh, no. I had a feeling you were going to say that. I Yeah. Wow. Have
0: the plan in place. So you don't have to sell all of it when it's within 10 or 15% of your price target, but you can sell half, you can take some gains. So having the discipline and putting, and that's what my clients work with me on as well, is a plan to put a plan in place before you make the decision to buy. So
1: we just plan? take
0: it out Stay with the plan. Stick with the plan. Don't be emotional. Okay, I've made 90%. I got 10 or 15% more. Sell at least half. Or maybe sell three quarters. Or maybe I'm going to sell all of it when it's within 10% of my price target. You know, I've gone from 10 to 19 and the price target is 20. I'm out of here. So let's talk about price targets. And price targets are based on what is a company worth. And there are many ways to calculate a price target. I'm gonna give you one of the most simple ways to calculate it. And, you know, if you're a one-on-one coaching client of mine, we go in even further on price targets, but I'll just, and, you know, I'd I'd love for you guys to become a a one-on-one coaching client, but let's just, this is one way and you can make a ton of money using this method for price targets. So the price targets just give you a sense of what a company could be worth in the future. And there's, I calculate an upside, as I already intimated, an upside price target and a downside price target. So the upside is based on future earnings. So the analysts calculate uh, a projection of what the company is gonna earn next year. So we're sitting here in 2023. If you go to any of the platforms Platforms like Schwab or Vanguard or Fidelity or Bloomberg or S&P or uh, Factset or Yahoo Finance, you can check what the analyst estimates, average analyst estimates are for 2024. So that's future earnings, and then we multiply by the highest price-to-earnings ratio over the last five years. That's also available on all those platforms. So what we're saying is, okay, what's the best case that this company could be priced at by the end of next year? And for for example, uh, this I'm gonna use the example of Apple, which we've used in the past few times. So back in 2020, analyst estimates for Apple for 2021 were The highest PE over the last five years for Apple was 36.3. So if we multiply $3.85 times 36.3, we get $139.76. So that's one upside price target. We can also use book value. And we, we discussed book value in the past. Book value is shareholders' equity divided by the outstanding shares outstanding and price-to-book value is another me valuation metric that we saw that for Apple. So the other way is to look at the future book value, again, 2024 year-end book value, or in this case, we're looking at 2021 because we're back in 2020. So the future book value projection by the analyst was $3.24. The highest price-to-book value for Apple was 33. So that gives you $107. So now for both of those methods, we want to see how much upside does Apple have. So on the PE method, let's go back to that. I said it was $139.76. At this day, when I did this projection, it was Apple's stock price was 118. So 139 divided by 118 is only 18%. And on the book value basis, I just said the future book value $3.24 times the highest price to book, 32.7, gives you 107. But the stock is at 118. So on that basis, there's actually downside in the highest upside for a price to book. So 18% or minus 9.5%, not looking too good. So Apple may have passed all five steps in this quarter, but I'm saying I want to look for companies that not only pass the five steps, but also have 100% upside. So Apple clearly in this quarter at this time did not have 100% upside. Let's look at downside, because what I'm looking for is companies that have at least 100% upside and less than 25% downside. Then your ratio upside to downside is four to one, 100% divided by 25%. That puts the odds in your favor significantly. So let's look at downside. Again, we're looking at future earnings for the next year. Again, $3.85, but now we're looking at the lowest PE that Apple had over the prior five years. So we went back from 2020 back to 2015 and it was 9.6. So if it went back to the lowest, then Apple stock would go to 37, $3.85 times 9.6. 37 divided by the current stock price of 118 is 69% downside. Ooh. And then if we look at book value, the lowest book value, price to book value over the last five years was four. So Four times $2.32 is $9.28 down from 118 So that's 92% downside. So on the PE basis, we saw it at 18% upside and 69% downside. I don't want to invest in a company that has more downside than upside. And on the book value basis, it didn't have any upside. The upside <laughs> is negative. So, uh, Looking at the this method of price targets, and this is just one of many you can use, but this is the simplest method. And the data is all, all available on these applications. So that's the other benefit of this. You don't have to use any models. You don't have to go talk to a professional analysts. It's all there, out there. So on this basis, using these price targets, even if Apple passed the five steps, it doesn't have my 100% upside and less than 25% downside. So I'm not interested.
1: And so it's just a pass it once again, you just take the emotion on it out of it. And it's just a pass. Now, will you ever break? So (laughs) it's just the thought that I've had in my head, right? So we're talking about uh, 100% up 25% down. Will you deviate from that number at all? If you get seventy five, eighty I mean is there I mean, do you have any wiggle room in that those numbers at I, all? For I yourself? do
0: a great question. and so I have a whole sheet that of hundred uh, over a hundred companies in there that I follow at all times, and it ranks upside of all these companies and downside and it's interesting that in twenty twenty, in the height of the covid Pandemic, every company, every, all the all, there was hundred plus companies. Every company had more than one hundred percent upside and less than twenty five percent downside. Every company had, was a buy on, on on just this price target method. I'm not talking about my five step stock In the end of 2021, just 18 months later, there was not one company that had hundred percent upside. Not one. And so if I wanted to buy any stock at the end of 2021, I I had to go down to like 75%, 80% upside. I did find one. And I bought that one in 2021. That went up 88%. It went up a little bit more than my 80%. But every other one had much less And I don't know if you remember, but back in 2022, the average stock was down 20%. So it's when it's hard to find a stock that has 100% upside, it's giving me an indication that the market overall is probably overvalued. And so, you know, I, I, you know, I looked before our call today, uh, and there's five out of the 100 that have more than 100% upside.
1: Today, in today's that, market. Yeah. So That's not an indication. a lot. It's an <laughs> indication
0: that the market's more un- overvalued than undervalued. Right. And so it swings, you know, it doesn't mean that it can't go a lot higher, but it's more likely that more stocks are going to go down than up over the next 12 to 18 months.
1: So the probabilities and it's yeah. just
0: probabilities. Yeah. So if that's helpful at all, and again, this is just one measure of price targets. And so, yes, I do have some wiggle room. Like when I was managing, Money for Citigroup, you know, 700 million at the peak when I had my own hedge fund. I would use this screen, and, and sometimes there weren't any stocks that I was supposed to buy. And but they had 80, 90% upside, and they had 30% downside. So now I'm like, okay, it's three to one, not four to one. It's close. So I, I continued to make some investments, even when there wasn't a hundred percent upside and twenty five percent downside. because what I should have really been doing is sitting on my hands and not doing anything for weeks until the market came to me and showed me some stocks that had hundred percent upside. But you know as you're as you're managing money, you tend to be, as a professional money man, you tend to want to get, you know, try to find those lucrative opportunities every day and so maybe i'll replace this one that looks like it only has 50% upside with the one that has 80% upside so i'm doing those kinds of things but it didn't but i wasn't supposed to because it didn't have 100%. so <laughs> so the idea is there is wiggle room and with anything you know it's so by the way rule number 2 in the nine money rules is trust your intuition. and it's really important to ask yourself is this an opportunity that I don't want to pass up? Not, not, not um, analytically, but with your gut, you know, your intuition, your sixth sense. And that's really important. And I teach my clients how to develop their intuition. Because that's really important. I will tell you managing money for City and for my own funds, that if I didn't trust my intuition, I either made less money or lost money. Wow. And no financial advisor or financial planner is going to tell you to trust your intuition, but I will, <laughs> I will.
1: Because Nobody I know. But Joel. And that's why we have Joel on the show folks, because you're yeah. going to hear it straight, straight from Joel, which is fantastic. So one other question I had real quick for you. So I'm thinking about the folks that are out there that may be relatively new to these ideas and these concepts. So one thought that I had, you mentioned that you have a, a, a portfolio or an idea of a hundred stocks you go through I think they call them sectors or categories or whatever. Do you suggest people stick to a particular sector or a category when terms of trying to, to locate their hundred, say stocks that they're following? What's, what's the best advice is there, or is there advice for something like that or does it really matter?
0: Well, rule number one is (laughs) when you believe. So what do you believe? Do you believe that you can make more money and, what you know, because Peter Lynch, again, one of the best mutual fund managers of all time in the 90s uh, for Fidelity said, invest in what you know. And great advice. Uh, you don't need to invest in AI to make a ton of money in the stock market, in artificial intelligence. One of one stock that passed uh, was a beverage company this year in 2023 that's now up 71% this year, in four months, five months. So you don't need to get complicated. People like Peter Lynch said, oh, people feel like you need to find that esoteric AI tech company that no one's heard of, that, that biopharmaceutical company that kind of come out with that new drug that's gonna cure cancer. No, you don't <laughs> need to find that one, right? There are plenty of companies that are growing earnings faster than revenues that their earnings growth is greater than the PE, like we talked about with the five-step stock screen last time. Those companies you want to invest in. And so my my advice is, one, what do you believe? Go back to belief. And my belief is you don't need to be specific about a sector. If it's a pharmaceutical company that passes the five steps, that has 100% upside, less than 25%, go for it. But there's... Some people that will say to me, "You know, this company's doing this thing that doesn't sit right with me." And I, I completely get that. Like if they're doing something that is against your moral fortitude, then don't invest. That's fine. Um, research that. But there are plenty of sectors out there, and you don't need to you don't need to be just like some people will say, "Well, what if like I just find tech companies? Am I going to be overweight tech? Well, yes, but you're finding the best in technology companies. And those are gonna, those are the ones that are gonna do well. So even when tech was doing terrible the beginning of 2023, there were a handful of, of technology companies that were going up. Even when the you know they were cratering in the first quarter of 2023 and in late 2022. So you can find those using my screen using these price targets so i personally would never i don't i don't like to use always and never but rarely will i say don't invest in one sector whatever pops out of the screens and the price targets is where you want to go and it could be a financial company earlier this year you know nobody wanted to invest in banks but you if you had invested in the bank sector in March April right after the three failures of silicon valley and signature bank and then first republic you would have made a ton of money in a few select banks like over 50% in just a handful of months but people were saying don't invest in any banks i don't know like if it's if it if you're unemotional and you use my five step stock screen and you use the price target, then you find one that passes and has a 100% upside. Why not? I
1: love that. I, so I just love that, Joel. I mean, just the simplicity of it to keep the emotions. So that question is almost emotional based, right? So yeah, it's even myself and I get it. We're all human. But at the same time, doing the best to just keep the emotions out of it as much as you possibly can, folks. I mean, that's kind of what I'm I'm hearing from you, at, through that explanation. So then, just one other quick question with that. So your your list of hundred, do stocks do you in and out? Are you putting things on and taking things off because of like you'll find something that does work? Is it an ever evolving uh, list, or is that pretty much a solidified thing?
0: No, it's uh, ever evolving list, and but I'm I will fully admit. I'm not a trader. I don't trade stocks. I'm an investor. So, like, I I have my price targets. I have my five-step stock screen. I'm very religious about that. And so, I'm not trading 20 stocks a day. Ten, like, it was interesting when I was at Citigroup. We had one of my colleagues literally traded 100 stocks every day, moving stuff or like a little bit of this, a little bit. I was like how do you How do you research? How do you analyze? How do you meet with the, how do you do anything else but that? There were many days between 2008 and 2012 that I didn't trade anything. I would be out. I would be meeting with the company. I would be meeting with an analyst. I'd be reading through financial statements. That's what I was doing. I wasn't like, I'm looking for the next great idea. I don't need, I put on the stocks that I we're going to do well the stocks are going to do poorly and i didn't need to move things around every single day and but some people feel like they need to trade every day i don't do that i'm an investor you know i'm finding i'm looking for that great stock idea that's going to go up 100 and i have my decision tree of okay if it's up 90 i'm out if it's down 10 stop loss i'm out and that's how i operate and so i'm not trading every day Um, And again, you know, rule number one and rule number two, what's your belief? Do you believe you need to trade every day? Do you believe you you need to do that? Well, that's your belief. I would write down your level of belief in each investment idea before you make it. And then update that every 90 days. Because I know with my clients, I do this and they'll buy something and it does well. And then their belief level goes higher right? It's doing well. You know, it's up 50%. I'm a 10. It's going higher, right? If it goes against them, their belief goes down. I've lost 5% in just 90 days or 60 days. Now my belief is a six. Well, that's not good. So like, just know that your belief is low right now. And you may not be making the best decisions because I highly recommend only, only investing in stocks, where your belief level is seven, eight, nine, or 10. Because if it's not high, you're going to be selling when you should be buying and buying when you should be selling. And intuition, again, let's go back to intuition. Rank your intuitive level on each one you're about to invest in. What's your intuition saying right now? Does it feel good? You know, tap into the gut, tap into your, you know, and I, I, I was on a call with a woman, not to be chauvinistic, but I feel woman's intuition is incredible. And they should be the best investors, right? And so you don't need like, okay, you've made the decision. You're going to invest. But what's your intuition saying? Oh, I don't know about this one. So don't do it. If your intuition is not 8, 9, or 10, 7, eight, 9, 10, I, I wouldn't recommend. Your intuition is powerful. It's your sixth sense giving you recommendations. So belief and intuition are really important. Rules one and two in the nine money rules, really important. Check it and check it every 90 days.
1: Love it. So here's the, here's the uh, third check. Give, uh, give Joel a call. Get on a call with Joel. So he's put this out there a couple of times, folks, as far as he offers a 30-minute consultation just to go over the things that we're talking about here, right? Where is your beliefs? Where is your intuitions? He can have discussions based on where you are. Do you want to go into just a couple of minutes on, let's say someone gives you know, sets up a call? What can they expect in that time frame?
0: great question. I mean, everyone's an individual and everyone's in a different place. And so one of the questions I ask everybody is what's your biggest money challenge, right? And look, we can get into deep on stocks, but it's mindset and process. Two really important things go together. And a lot of people will come to me and say, Joel, I want to really go deep. Okay. We've been teaching you the five-step stock screen. We've been teaching you the price targets, but you know, they just, they want to go deeper. They want to know it. They want to be expert at it. Great. I'm not teaching you that until we go through the mindset piece. Like it, it, if somebody comes to me and says, you know, the stock market's really risky. I don't know why you're teaching this. I want to learn it, but I'm kind of like, mm, I don't know. Like I've lost money in the past in the stock market. Well, if you don't believe that you can become rich, in the stock market, we need to change that belief or find another asset class. And I can teach real estate, you know, we can get into it maybe in another episode about my seven step real estate screen, but I can teach real estate, I can teach crypto, I can teach, you know, business development, other asset classes, you know, currency trading. I taught one of my clients currency trading. So, but you have to believe first, that this is the area where I can become rich. And if not, then we got to change your belief first. It's mindset first, then process. Having that discussion and knowing where you are, everyone's an individual. So knowing your belief systems on different asset classes is important. Knowing what challenges you're having right now and figuring out what you really want to what you're excited about, what your passion is. If you're, you know, some people come to me and they're really passionate about the stock market, great. I love teaching stock market. But if you have no interest and you wanna learn real estate, you wanna learn about crypto, you wanna learn about FX trading, I can teach you. So like, I'm not gonna push you into stock picking if you have your belief level is a one in the stock market and your intuition is a one in the stock market, like that's not what I do. And I would never, you know, the reason I'm doing this is there was, I went to a personal development course and there was a guy there pitching stock options as the only way to become rich. I won't ever do that, okay? Because everyone's an individual with their own beliefs, with their own backgrounds, with their own childhood memories that that they brought forward. And so I need to understand where you are at in order to get you to where you want to go.
1: Fantastic. So folks, the uh, one thing that's helped me a lot in my journey is, is what I, the term I use is modeling. Find somebody that is doing or has done what you intend or want to do. He was talking about the intentions as far as your belief systems and figuring out where, where do you want to grow? Find somebody then who is doing or has done those things and then go get help from them. Ask. And Joel today right now is telling you that he definitely wants to give you uh, that value in the 30 minute time frame, at least up front, right? So I would encourage you take a minute, go to Joel's website, salamore.com. We'll have the links in the show notes and that type of thing as well. Hit Joel up, go uh, try to get uh, on this 30 minutes with him and see if he can't uh, help you with some of these beliefs. Because as I've discovered, the, the, name rich mind. So if you don't have the mindset, right, the money piece won't matter. They go hand in hand. And I would almost say the mindset piece is probably even a little bit more uh, important than even the financial piece. So anyways, everything that's where with everything that Joel talks about, that's why it just resonates so much with me. And that's why I'm always so fascinated and and grateful to have these conversations with Joel. So Joel, I think we're going to wrap it up for this episode. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the folks to, to tie it off today?
0: No, I think we covered it. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Absolutely. So folks, go out there and have a fantastic day. Uh, look for the different links in the show notes uh, to connect with Joel. He's all over the social media, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. He's got it all, which is super fun as well. So go out there, connect with Joel, and connect with me as well. You can find me out there on the socials too, and I would love to do that also. So have a fantastic day and we will look forward to bring you back on the next episode very soon. Until then now, thanks, bye-bye. Thank you for joining me on the Rich Mind Podcast. I hope you found a ton of value in this episode. If so, I'd really appreciate a five-star review and you can also share it with your family and friends. And as my mentor Jim Roden shared with me, In order to have more, you must first become more. And in order to become more, you must work harder on yourself than you do on your job. So go out there today and work harder on yourself to become more and build the life of your dreams. Until next time, my friends.